Hello everyone, welcome to You, Me, Them, Everybody. My name is Brandon Weatherby. This episode with Cat James is all about, well, it's all about Finding Big Country, a film that Jack Inslee and I enjoyed quite a bit. Uh, she is the filmmaker behind that documentary. She's also the filmmaker behind the We the West uh, short. Uh, she's working on a grizzly stock. I enjoyed my time speaking with her. And if anything, it made me realize two things. Number one, Vancouver definitely deserves an NBA team. And it's not like a Vancouver versus Seattle thing. Give them both. Both should have a team and then add two to the East. I don't understand why Pittsburgh doesn't have a team. Give Pittsburgh a team. That would make a lot of sense. Now we have Pittsburgh. What other city could probably use a team? Um, how about another Canadian one? Let's do Montreal. So now we have three, two in the East, two in the West. It doesn't matter. Maybe that actually will. Did I just will that into existence? I hope so. And also, uh, I want to be in Canada so bad. And uh, I can't be because I'm in here in Washington, D.C. doing this show, which I love dearly. And uh, if you've known this show for a while, you probably knew it as a live show. And that is not happening now due to coronavirus. So we're doing this indoors without a crowd. And that is why we finally, for the first time ever, have a Patreon account. Please consider donating at you, me, them, everybody. For all the people that would come to the shows when we would have them in bars and, and try to buy us drinks, and we would say, no, thank you, the bar's taking care of us. Well, now there is no bar, and if you can give us that one drink a month, think of it that way. That would be very, very helpful. If you did enjoy this film, there's actually some very cool merchandise that you could buy, uh, T-shirts and all that normal swag stuff. There's buttons, there's posters, all that good stuff. It's linked in the podcast description. So is the link to the film. It's currently available in the States on Amazon Prime. I think it's in the ESPN app as well. Uh, it's a really good film, even if you don't care about basketball. Here's my conversation with Cat James. I'm uh, I'm based in Washington, D.C., and um, so I'm very far from you, both uh, physically and ideologically. That's <laughs> I didn't say that word correctly. I am incredibly jealous of everyone that lives near where you live. Yeah, it's pretty pretty crazy times right now. Yes. Um, speaking of not crazy times, your documentary is delightful and so rare in the sports world. <laughs> Thank you. I, it means a lot. I appreciate it. So you make Finding Big Country because you are a legitimate Grizzly super fan. Mm -hmm. How many are you? You know what? It was so cool. Um, because I thought I was, you know, kind of a rare case, mm -hmm. but after finding me country, um, you know, we'd have, you know, back when we could go watch movies in a theater, I'd have so many people come up to me, you know, some with tears in their eyes saying, you know, I thought I was the only one who still cared. And I, yeah, I didn't know that there were others like me. Um, and so that was a really cool experience to, to know that, the team was loved not just by me, but by so many other, you know, um, you know, kids at that time who have now grown up to be adults who still are ho heartbroken and still like, you know, long for the day when Vancouver gets another NBA team. I know that you're part of the reason, not part of the reason, you want the NBA to return to Vancouver. Do you see do. that happening in your lifetime? Um. You know, I'm I am optimistic. Like I, I know that Seattle deserves a team and should and they should get a team before we do. But I do think that I do think that Vancouver has a shot. Um, and I am hopeful in the next, you know, 
one or two decades that we we do get a team back here. But I'm I'm not naive to to think that it's going to happen overnight. I think the way to do it is to get like a, a group of people to to buy into it. You know, a group of investors. Um, the cost of a team is I think it's like three billion dollars today. So you know. Um, I feel like there might be some Vancouver rights with deep pockets like that, but I think the way it would would probably work is like if you do get a group of people who who pull like who chip in and uh, and buy a team. But I I do think I I will see it maybe in my lifetime, not right away though. But I think it it, it will happen. Is We the West like a spiritual oh. sequel sort of? <laughs> you know what? It was sort of it was a. Um, it, again, like after making it, I was like, whoa, there's so many, you know, there's so many people who reached out to me with their own unique story of why they love the team. But I think the common thread was, you know, we were all the same age mm-hmm. um, when the Grizzlies were in town. And it was so cool because the Grizzlies, it's not like they were this, you know, this um, this winning team. They, you know, they were this, they were pretty horrible. Um, but yet you had all these all these super fans, all these kids who didn't care, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's the beauty of the Grizzlies is that, um, you know, like, uh, it's not, you know, there's there's more to sports than winning. Um, so I should let you know, I'm from Chicago and <laughs> it was the opposite. And we, me yeah. and every one of my friends took that team for granted. So we just mm-hmm. expected to win every year Michael Jordan wanted to play. Mm-hmm. So that's different for me. <laughs> and it's like, we'll we'll just swap out Dennis Robin for Horace Grant and we'll win again. It's not a big deal, guys. Like Shaq won't be ready yet. And he wasn't. So it's so yeah. weird to yeah. even think of it. But maybe more importantly, now uh, there's league pass. Now more kids are probably playing NBA 2K mm-hmm. than like watching their local team. So do you even think that regional teams will matter in the same way in say 10 or 20 years when Vancouver gets an NBA team? I think that's a good question. I mean, there's still nothing like going to like, you know, the stadium in your, in your hometown to watch these players um, like in, in real life. And that was, I think that was the coolest. That That's what I, you know, I, as much as I love basketball and would be so fun, you know, um, to watch, to have a team to cheer for, like, I don't want a team for myself. Like I want a team for that, for that next generation. Cause it was so, it was such a special time for me. And I feel like that was really the first time I began to not see any barriers to as to what I could do when I grew up so like yeah I want to be the first one to play in the NBA because it just it was just like yeah I don't see like why can't I play mm-hmm. with those guys right and so you know you translate that into the film film world today where you know being a female um, documentary filmmaker who is you know I I don't just make sports films but I, I am passionate about them you know there's very you walk into a media scrum room, there's very few of us. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of like, that's that same mentality that I had when I was a kid. Yeah. And so, yeah, so I, I definitely think that it's important. Um, and, and, you know, having a local team, having a home team to actually go to physical games is still, nothing beats that. Um, so yeah, I do think it's important. And I will say also is that I think the, the people in We the West and, you know, myself, we mm-hmm. were that perfect age 
back then when we didn't, I think had we maybe been a bit older, maybe we would have been a bit more jaded. Like this actually sucks and I'm tired of seeing our team lose. But when you're a kid, you don't really like, I didn't, I didn't really, I'm sure I was, you know, upset that we didn't win as many games, but it was sort of like, wow, like, um, like Charles Barkley's in town and oh my gosh, like, you know, the music and like the atmosphere, like that is, that was so special. Well, the bubble, I'd say for most sports fans, huge success. Uh, whether you're a WNBA fan or an NBA fan, the level of competition to the viewer at home, I'd say, was greater than ever before. So did you enjoy the bubble when there's literally no fan experience other than the virtual fans? I mean, I did. It was it was definitely something different. It was very unique. I mean, I still, I, it is always so much fun to watch a game with fans, even if you're not physically at the game. But it was also very special to just to see. Yeah, you can just kind of like focus in on the bat on mm-hmm. basketball with like kind of no distractions. So, so they're both they're both unique in their own way. Did you you don't mention this in either film? Do you stick with the Grizzlies when they are moved, or do you pick a new team, or are you just out? Mm-hmm. See a question. Um, I can. I'm not a Memphis Grizzlies fan. I will okay. say that. <laughs> um, I uh, when when the Grizzlies left, Steve Nash became my like favorite player. My room in, in high school was like a Steve that Steve Nash shrine. I had like posters and like newspaper clippings of him like all around my the walls of my bedroom. Um, when he was with Dallas, I was a Dallas fan. Was when he moved to Phoenix, I was a Phoenix fan. And then when he retired, I kind of I don't feel like I have strong loyalties to like really any team. Maybe the Boston Celtics because my that's my dad's team. Okay. The Toronto Raptors, you know, I I'm it, the I, I'm you know if I had to pick a team, Toronto would be up there. Okay. But but it's still like very much a you know Vancouver Toronto does have a rivalry going you know going on, especially mm-hmm. with the Raptors and Grizzlies, and I still feel that today. And I'm I'm definitely happy for Toronto. Um, and it was a huge, you know, a huge win for Canada that they won. But there is a part of me that is like, you know, could that have been us if we had stuck it out? Could I ask you maybe a, a question I couldn't exactly figure yeah. out Googling? Yeah. It, it, it's a design question, and it also applies to the Raptors. Uh, the font for the We the North and the neck design <laughs> on the Grizzlies jersey, is that based on indigenous culture? The, the, I'm not sure about the font, but okay. the, but the, but the, yes, the, um, the trim on the Grizz, on the Grizzlies uniform. Yes. That is, that is indigenous, um, inspired. It's so cool that they have something that's so, such a good nod to it, but then there's also like a, a cartoon bear. And then the other thing has like a, a cartoon dinosaur. It's just, it's two things that just are smashed together that I think are really cool, but mm-hmm. from a design perspective are quite odd. Yes, it's you know, and I got in touch with the um, the designer um, who who made you know the jerseys, and I know back then no one really, everyone kind of uh, thought they were ridiculous, but mm-hmm. now they're the Grizzlies um, jerseys are, are like one of the hottest jerseys ever to be made. I, they've made sort of, sort of a comeback, which oh, is yeah. really cool. But yeah, like I I know that I, you know I've talked to I've talked to some of the NBA like the Grizzlies players, and you know at that at the time they thought they were ridiculous like why is this bear like taking up you know half of my shorts it's so um, great though <laughs> yeah yeah they're pretty i i love them they're so it's such a beautiful jersey uh something that this film uh, exposed me to that i had no idea was that warner brothers went into the shoe market and they decided mm-hmm. to pick your favorite player to be their rep that 
what was that about? Yeah, I um, so when Warner Brothers, uh, because of Space Jam, they're like, you know, maybe we want to get into this the basketball market. And I think there was one other player. Was it Glenn Rice? I, I forget who the other player was. But yeah, one of them was Big Country. And it it's so cool that he has Warner Brothers basketball shoe. I also love Space Jam too. So that's just, uh, <laughs> as a kid, I love, I love Space Jam. See, I think I'm, your brother's older than you, the one that's in the film. Is that correct? Yes. I yes. think I'm closer to your brother's age because I'm, mm. I hate Space Jam so much. <laughs> the only good thing Space Jam ever Space gave Jam. us yeah. was that footage from The Last Dance of like super competitive basketball in the mm, Warner Brothers that, lot. That's, that's so funny. Um, no, man, I love, like, I still have, Oh man, I was just as as obsessed with the Grizzlies as I was a Space Jam. Like my closet has, I have so many Space Jam toys and like dolls. And I used to be, I used to wear Space Jam clothes all the time. Uh, and runners, you, I had like light up Space Jam runners. Uh, I wish I still had those. Did you get the Lola Bunny uh, Jordans that were reissued like a year or two ago? What? I had no idea yeah. that that was a thing. <laughs> I totally would. I I have a Lola Bunny like stuffed animal that was like like a yeah like a doll that I loved as a kid. So this is I think my age is showing here. Do you remember like the '92 Jordan Nike ad campaign? Which one was that? That's the Bugs Bunny one. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, yeah. So, yeah. Like, I don't think a lot of people realize that like that ad campaign predated Space Jam by right. like years. You're right. Yeah, yeah. I I didn't think about that. Anyways, let's get back to uh, finding big country. Would yeah. you have made this film if Brian Reeves' story wasn't successful? I didn't know whether you're talking about like if he was successful after, like after. Yeah, because I think he's got maybe the best post athletic <laughs> yeah, career he, ever. Yeah, he's he's such a great guy. I mean, I didn't know like. You know, I, I I know that I listened to the podcast that mm-hmm. you guys did on the uh, on Finding Me Country, and I know that you guys had a lot of questions <laughs> about the film. Um, but I didn't. I had. I truly didn't know anything about his his story post um, the NBA. I, I just knew that he had. He was just back at home in Gans, Oklahoma, wherever that was. Um, so yeah, I, I, you know, you know, I was prepared to, to find, you know, whatever I, I found and I didn't know what that would be. And, you know, uh, I don't think I would have made this if Bryant, um, if Bryant wasn't on board the film. So okay. I, I, yeah. So whether or not he was successful or not, I don't think that was even a quite like that wasn't on my radar. It was more like does he want to be a part of this? Will he support it? And do I have his blessing really to make this film about him? So that was more so the question that was in, you know, in my head. Um, and thankfully he was on board and, um, and super down to, to film and participate. And he was so fun to be around and so open with, you know, the stories that he shared. And yeah, it was just great to find, to know that, you know, one of your childhood heroes um, was doing so well, you know, post NBA career. Is he more well known uh, for his college career than the NBA career from where he's from? Cause it seems like a very college heavy mm-hmm. town. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. He's like a, he's, that's why it was so funny when I went to go interview his like teammates and his college, um, yeah, his college teammates and his, uh, 
um, friends. And, you know, I'd say to them, you know, in Canada, no one knows where he is. Like, we're looking for him. Mm -hmm. And they thought that it was so funny. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, really? Like, and I was like, yeah, like, we've, he's kind of, to us, like, he fell, like, he kind of fell off the face of the earth. Um, and they thought that that was so funny. Um, and also, you know, here in Vancouver, at least prior to finding my country, like he didn't have the best reputation. Like he, he was scapegoated. Um, and that also, well, I mean, in the, the song yeah. that's in this <laughs> film and the film that closes we, the West kind of blames him gaining weight in the off season. He, he does. And you know, tra so transit Dan, transit 22 or Dan, after seeing Finding Big Country, like, he's like, I need to rewrite those lyrics. <laughs> like, those are just like, you know, I need to rewrite that song now, um, which is really cool. And I think that's what, you know, that was the goal of the film was to really um, change people's v views by, t you know, really showing um, the incredible story behind Big Country. Because he, like, he came from a small town of Gans, Oklahoma, and made it to the NBA. Like, I don't think people actually understand or realize, like, how incredible that is mm -hmm. um and um and uh so you know in for sure in oklahoma he's he's everyone knows who big country is especially because of his career um his college career you know yeah um he did so he did so many things broke so many records so he's he's super well known there um for his like um you know um for his college career, also for his NBA career, but for sure, like he's a he's a legend, uh, ca legendary cowboy at OSU. God, um, it's but so we don't, weird. Yeah, but here in Vancouver, like no one, we don't really know, we don't know his college background too much here. Yeah. I think the film really did highlight that for for us, like Vancouverites, um, to say like there was a reason why we picked him at number six. Yeah, and he was the right choice at number six. Um, so, so yeah, so that was, you know, that was one of the things that we wanted to shed light on. If you were in that draft class, who would you have chosen? I mean, we, I mean, Kevin Garnett yeah. went out, came out as, as a, like he was number five. Right. So, mm -hmm. I mean, um, I'm sure ha had the rules been different, we, you know, we might've gotten a different, um, a different player, but at the same time, like you know, the game has evolved so much today, but back then it was, it was the game of the centers. You needed a center to, to play with the Ewings, the, you know, the, um, the Elijah ones, uh, the, the Garnets and well, um, that's the, the thing. So it's interesting that like Garnett is in that same draft class. He's probably, isn't he trying to become an owner right now? I'm not a hundred percent sure. Yeah. I think I Garnett's like, actively trying to do oh, wow. it <laughs> and it would be kind of great if he's the one that brings a franchise to vancouver that would, that would be amazing that'd be so funny yeah that would be awesome garnett what? if you're listening yeah. do, do you think it'd be fair i know the logistically it doesn't make sense because the travel time is too much but the new york islanders and the nhl sort of split time between two between long island and brooklyn would you be okay with a seattle vancouver split squad until you get your own yeah, that would be that would be so. You know what I mean? Um, when the Grizzlies left, it it sucked. But you know, at least we had Seattle. Like my yeah. dad and my grandfather would drive. We would drive to Seattle for mm -hmm. so many games. Um, I watched Steve Nash there. I feel like who else did we watch? Like Houston Rockets. We were there for a game. Like we went down a lot, and it was you know it was still 
you know, it wasn't Vancouver, but at least we got, we still got to see teams. Now we have to drive to Portland, which is like a five or six hour oh, drive. Oh man, that's horrible. Um, I have to take yeah. one train stop to see the permanently 10th place Washington Wizards. <laughs> so it's really great because tickets are incredibly cheap and uh, yeah. it's very great. Um, mm-hmm. If you could, uh, who deserves a team first? Is it Seattle, then you guys? Or do you think it should just be like one and done? Like, let's just p- pick them both. Do you think the Thunder should move back? Do you think that Memphis should move back? How do you want it to happen? I mean, you know, it, that's a really good question. Get taking, I, I mean, obviously I want the Grizzlies to be back, to come back. Um, obviously that means taking a team away from another like fan base, which I don't want to inflict on anyone either. Mm-hmm. Um, I just like, give us the name back. <laughs> okay. Know, like, um, I would be happy with that. Like give it like we have new franchise, but give us the, the name Grizzlies back. I think Seattle does deserve a team first. Um, and whether or not that happens in conjunction with the Grizzlies, you know, um, that would be great if it was like, sure, like Seattle, Vancouver, you get your team at the same time. But mm-hmm. I doubt, I don't know if, if that's even possible. Um, but I do think Seattle, yeah, like that was, I mean, at least with Vancouver, it sucked, but we didn't have this like long history, like an actual NBA history, yeah. right? That they kind of just took away or. Well, that's, um, do you yeah. care about the history? Cause all those records are technically owned by the thunder now, but like, who cares? You know what I mean? Like, Gary Payton's number inevitably will be retired probably in Oklahoma City, but who cares? If there's a new Seattle team, just put the banner in the Raptors there. People will know where they won in the late 70s. You know what I mean? I don't know. There's still something about, you know, a city being connected to a team. So, like, that would be so sad if – I don't know. I don't know how I'd feel about Gary Payton's jersey being retired in Oklahoma. That just that doesn't sit right with me for some reason. Okay. I think it needs to. Yeah, it has to be in Seattle. Like Seattle needs to get a team. Seattle needs to get a team just for that reason to retire Campin and Payton's jerseys. Do you think that the league will have a dilution of talent if there if the, if there, there's too much expansion? If there's let's say four more teams, you could do Portland. Sorry, you could do Seattle and Vancouver in one false swoop, and then add two to the East to make it even would you worry about the talent level going down um no i feel like there's so many there especially now i don't know if it's because of social media or or what but i just feel like there's so much talent yeah um it's hard to disagree completely uh one of the reasons why your doc is so rare is because it wasn't made in conjunction with an agent or a group or an athlete and Mm -hmm the majority of these films that we're watching are made in conjunction with them. So you're not going to hear anything bad. And I'd say the worst one, I don't know if you saw that, I think it's boys of summer or something like long gone summer, whatever the Sosa McGuire documentary, maybe the worst sports documentary you ever saw. It's on the, um, the, it's also an ESPN thing. So, uh, do you know what I'm talking about? I've not seen it. Okay. They don't really mention steroids, right? Mm. It's about the home run race in, in in 98, which is built around steroids. That, that that's insane to me. Are you finding that some of the stories that you wish were being told are just omitted because of the influence of the athlete in the film production? Mm. Um, I mean, it's such a tough. It, it's a tough thing. We were like, we weren't at, we weren't attached to anyone. Like mm-hmm. we, you know, we got a grant. It wasn't, you know. Um, yeah, we got a grant, which is amazing, um, from uh, Story Hive, um, which allowed us to be 
sort of independent. Um, we had we had no ties, right, to any to any organization or player. Although, you know, I obviously wanted to make something that you know Bryant and his family, um, you know, enjoyed and were happy with since they you know gave us gave me access and allowed me into their home to film. Um, and uh, but we weren't obviously like beholden. I wasn't showing you know anyone on big countryside cuts like hey Mm -hmm. do you like this and you know hey do you think you're you know is this a you know yeah none of that was happening but you know I had my own checks and balances to be like hey you know is this is this truthful is this you know is this um yeah and and I don't know it 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 is hard because when you get you know the higher up you go in terms of um you know making your films Mm -hmm. because you know, you can't always make, uh, although we had a grant, um, you know, to, to go to that next level and to, to actually, um, oh, how, what am I trying to say? You know, you're, the higher up you go, the more people you're going to have to answer to, mm-hmm. right? And you, you need that in your career. You need to go to that next level. So it, it's, and it's always going to be a compromise um, because let's say this ESPN film, sure, um, you know, they might not have touched on anything, but as a filmmaker, like ESPN is such a, um, has such an amazing reach with yeah. their film. Like, you know what I mean? So you kind of, um, you know, uh, it's, it's always a balance between, you know, a, this appeasing this, you know, you know, working with whoever you're working with and then telling the story that you want to tell. Yeah. That makes sense. I understand that. I, I understand that. Um, really quick aside here. In the film, uh, you go to his home court, literally his home court. Uh, it's got that R logo. He's got the R logo on the hat. Is that a Reeves logo for the farm? Um, yeah, his um, there his company is called Circle Circle R Reeves. I think is, okay is what yeah. So, um, you know, I think it is a logo for. I mean, it's just it. like it's his family logo but also yeah. i think it's the logo for like you know the, the the company that he runs and it's a commercial company right like it's for the general public yes are there ads featuring him like former grizzly star or do he just completely deny that part um i don't think there are ads like you know his friends would tell me that you know if you were to meet big country today he wouldn't and he didn't know who he was he wouldn't the, the topic of him being a former NBA player would just never come up. He would never say that. Like, oh, I used to play in the NBA. He's just like, he's just, what you see in Finding My Country is, you know, very, I think a pretty accurate portrayal yeah. of him. He's just like this, like, super down to earth, humble, kind guy That's who's so just weird like to me. so happy. <laughs> yeah, he's it's just so, so happy on his ranch. Um, he's like living, I, I don't know, I just like, you know, people again like I, I say this in the film like you know people um it's so scary when you meet your childhood hero yeah um, because you put them on a pedestal for all these years and um but you know I, thankfully like i really did luck out with with brian i will say though i have met because of finding my country because uh, and we the west i'm i'm working on finally enough now i'm working on the feature length documentary about the grizzlies oh um, cool and I've gotten in touch with a whole bunch of other um, Grizzly players. They're all pretty great, I will say, mm-hmm. which is so cool. 
Um, and I know I forget who your other co-host was, and he was kind of. Um, it is true. I think you were the one who was like, if you know the right people, oh, to get yeah. to to get to Mike Bibby, that was, it was one phone call away. Yeah. That because not I and I and again like I'm. I'm a childhood fan, first and foremost. I have no connection to any NBA stars. But if you know the right people in the basketball community, like, hey, and they're like, yeah, I know someone who knows Mike. You know, yeah. let me, like, and it was, you know, it is sometimes, it can be that easy. But um, but for other players, of course, it's not that easy. But it, you know, takes some 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 more digging and some more persuasion. But, you know, you'd be surprised with who you can get in touch with if you just ask the right people. So is this your dream project, the one you're currently working on, the feature length about the Grizzlies? You know, Finding the Country and this feature length one, they were they're both my dream projects. Okay. This Grizzlies ones, it is this is the one for sure I, I've always wanted to make. I've always wanted to tell the story of the Grizzlies from beginning to end because I still think there's so much confusion as to what actually happened. Yeah. And there's and the Grizzlies aren't given their due. You know, people still think of them as this, oh, like we were, you know, they were the worst team in the NBA, which we were, but we were also so much more than that. And I, I hope to prove that with this next film. I think that there's a is a great story to be had there. And I think this is the perfect time to do it, considering no one has a team right now, and depending <laughs> yeah. on when the league restarts, it might have to be bubble season two, which makes the location so much more interesting. Like, does it even matter if no one could go to the local arena? <laughs> now that your most recent favorite player is a coach of the Nets, will you be rooting for the Nets next season whenever it happens? Ooh, that's a good question. Um yeah, potentially. I mean, right now I, I am definitely, you know, the Raptors, I'm still, I, I'd still love to see Canada get, get another title. So so maybe it'd be a combo with the, uh, of, of Brooklyn and Toronto. Is it weird for me to think that you're not going to get another team until there's a Drake-level type of success out of Vancouver? Um, I don't know. I feel like... Uh, and maybe... And who knows when that will be. Maybe that is... Maybe that's next. I don't know. I'm, you know, I... Uh, I think, I think, and I guess this is what the film hopes to achieve, you know, as well as that, like, you know, I do feel like you, the team was wrongfully taken from Vancouver. And I think if more people understood that, there might be more of a rally mm -hmm. and more of a, you know, okay, yeah, this makes sense to give, get, let's give Vancouver their team back. Um, because I don't think they should have left. I think they, they, they were taken away too soon and we weren't given a fair shot. Now that uh, the country I live in is trying to kill itself as soon as possible uh, with coronavirus, do you even want the NBA to come back in 2021? I mean, okay. I mean, I don't think anything. I don't think anything is going to be happening that that soon. Oh wait, so the NBA to come back like in general? Yeah, in 2021, oh, oh, because the mm. the rumors are what are we looking at like a March start in arenas something like or something that. like that. Yeah, I mean, I definitely hope that, and I do. You know, I think um, Adam Silver has done such a fantastic job yeah. with you know he was really the first one to like you know when when Rudy, like when he got uh, tested positive, like the NBA was the first to shut down and everyone followed suit. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, and then with the bubble, um, they did such a fantastic job with no one testing positive for, I forget how, like how many months were they like three months in there? I think it's longer uh, or longer. Yeah. So, I mean, I, 
I'm to be honest with you, like I'm one of the I'm one of the more extreme. Like, no one come in my bubble. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like very, uh, you know, I'm very uh, like very cautious. Yeah. Um, and so I, you know, as much as I miss, as much as I miss, like I do miss watching basketball live and you know interacting with people and driving to games or you know flying to Portland or whatever. I do hope that when the NBA does return, it will be when it's you know absolutely. Like it, there it is. It will be safe. Yeah. Um. And I, but I, I actually, I do have, um, I have faith that the NBA uh, won't be putting their fans in, you know, in, in in any dangerous spots. So I guess we'll just have to see what happens um, with, like, you know, vaccine elections and yeah, with you know how things are in the new year. Maybe this is the ugly American questions coming out now, but like, how is this being covered in Canada? Like, is this on? Is is the U.S. election like a like a one newspaper story every day? Is it always on? Yeah, like, how is it being portrayed on the other side of this continent? <laughs> I mean, we're. I mean, I don't. I don't want to speak for like all Canadians. I'm not. You of, know, course, but, of course, of course, of course. But like, I mean, I'm terrified. Okay. With what's happening, for sure. You know. Um. And, you know, it's, it is very scary to see what's happening. And I'm, and I'm not saying that Canada is any better than what's happening. Oh, I am. Now. I'm saying that as the guy <laughs> that's from here that lives in Washington, D.C. Yeah, you're better than us. Could I get a job there and move there? <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, it's pretty, it is pretty terrifying. Um, and, you know, I just hope that come November, we, oh, my God, there's only what, like, it's like two more weeks. weeks. Yeah. It's crazy. And I'm, we're just... Yeah, I'm just praying and hoping that, you know, that things, yeah, that, you know, things get better because it, it is pretty, <laughs> it is pretty scary to, to see what's going on. Are people in your bubble, I mean, you, you're still in your bubble, obviously, because you yeah. just said that, like, are you, whenever you go outside, are you wearing a mask? Yeah. Okay. We're wearing a mask um, and... Uh, keeping our distance. Is yeah. it a political statement up there? Because it's a, it's... So I don't know if you don't need to know how DC voted, but 92% voted Hillary, 4% voted Trump, 4% voted other. So to say that this is a democratic city is an understatement. And I live in the city proper. Masks are mandatory. You go out, everyone's got to not. The further out you go to the suburbs, that's not the case. Where where big countries from, probably no one's wearing a mask. Mm-hmm. It's super easy to socially distance there. I'm in a city. Mm-hmm. So how is it where you are? Is it a political statement at all? Um, you said people are wearing masks. That's awesome. Is there any pushback on that? Are people getting too tired of it now that it's gone on this long? You know what? I mean, um, I, I would say for the most part, people are wearing masks. It's not mandatory here. Okay. Um, you know, and uh, unless some... I mean, on the I think in some establishments, like on the buses now, it's required, which is great. And in some, I mean, I think in a lot of stores, you can't go in unless you're wearing a mask. Okay. I don't think you know. I you know, I'm sure there there are there are definitely people here who are like anti-mask, anti like vaccine, and think it's a conspiracy theory and whatnot. You know, I think every 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 place has that. Sure. But um, you know, for the most part, I don't think it's uh. I, 
you know, when I go, when I go to the grocery store, when I, or I don't go to the grocery store, sorry, we get things delivered still. But when I like, when we're driving and, you know, I'd say mm-hmm. like, you know, a lot of people are wearing masks, which is great. That's good. Um, there are definitely still people who aren't wearing masks. Like I went for a walk yesterday and it's, you know, I'd say, I don't even know if it's 50, 50. I don't, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but people are respectful at least of like, you know, if you're not wearing a mask, they're not going to like come yell at you if you are. Um, and, and people are moving out of the way, you know, if you're, if you're sharing a sidewalk, right? Like, I yeah. feel like people are being um, more aware, which is really great to see. Did any part of you want to live in the United States? Um, you mean like, cha- like change my, uh, like for, a, for a bit or like become an American resident? Either one. Would you like, would your career be beneficial if you lived in say LA or New York? Um, I mean, def- I feel like every filmmaker does think about like moving to LA, mm-hmm. which um, I definitely have, or, you know, New York's, you know, I think, you know, is what a lot of people kind of fantasize about, like, oh, it would be so cool to like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I've, you know, my cousin lives in New York, and she works there. Um, and I have family in the States as well. Uh, sorry, in LA. Um, I, to be honest with you, I am so, um, I love the like the mountains and the greenery mm. and the water here in BC too much. I think I, I think I remember, I think I was in university when, when I went to visit New York for the first time and I was like, Oh, like, this is so great. And you know, what if like, I, I need to live here at some point in my life. And then like three days into it, I was like, all right, where are the mountains? Yeah. <laughs> like I miss, well, you can get that, that in LA. True. But I, you know, it's, yeah, that is true. I think, I don't know. I feel like maybe I, I, um, I do love, yeah, I do love BC. I do love Canada. Um, and, uh, you know, there's a lot of highways in LA and there's, uh, you know, I, I do love the change in, in seasons that we get here in Vancouver too. And like the weather as well. Although it rains a lot, I don't mind it. I think I'm, if you're born and raised here, I feel mm-hmm. like it, you, you get used to it. So. I'm just very, very jealous of you because <laughs> um, I miss Chicago. I'm in D.C. D.C.'s fine. There's mountains near us. But just mm-hmm. living through coronavirus has just made it so much clearer that you're a superior country um, and you deserve a basketball team. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for this. I appreciate it. Um, do you have any uh, end date uh, for the Grizzlies film, the feature length? Mm-hmm. You know, because of unfortunately, because of the coronavirus, we've had to um, put things on pause because um, obvious reasons. Obvious reasons. We're not. Yeah, we're not. <laughs> um, I'm too scared to go to the states right now. Yeah, you <laughs> should be. be. Don't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, hopefully in the new year, we're hoping in the new year um, that uh, you know things will be better and um, all all around things will be. Re- better and we can start to film because majority of our shoot needs to take place in the states like yeah all our characters are there yeah. all our subjects um so so yeah so hopefully um we're still not sure what what time that what the exact timeline looks like but um but yeah it, next year for sure sometime next year or the year after i, I don't know well, good luck, and if you're ever in D.C., please let me know. We can go to a uh, Wizards game for a very, very reasonable price thanks to I would love tickets that. on StubHub. Yeah. That would be so – I've never been to, the, to, to a Wizards game, so that You know what? So it's cool. perfectly fine. Yeah. That's yeah. it. It's not MSG. <laughs> it's not United Center. It's not L.A. Yeah. It's a place.
Yeah, yeah. At least you still guys. Yeah, at least you have a team that you can. You know, that's still so cool. I'm still jealous. Yeah, it's it's kind of great that it's also better because like I'm not a Wizards fan. I'm a Bulls fan, right? And mm. those are not good teams. So tickets are very affordable every time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's hilarious. Oh man, I just. I, I shouldn't even talk about like how not good my team is. I just realized that's like super offensive to you. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. I, 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 as you know, as a Grizzlies fan, I get it. 